Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we invite your presence to teach us right now to, that we would have ears to hear is my prayer. Help us, Lord, to catch a glimpse of what you want us to understand heaven to be. Through Christ we pray. Amen. As I record this today, the Queen of England is being laid to rest. After a 70-year monarchy, she has now um, gone to be home. That was a good time for us to talk about heaven. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis said it's important for us to think about heaven. He said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for this present world are just the ones who thought the most of the next. You know, sometimes people get accused of being so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly use. He says that's actually not the case. He says it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they've become so ineffective in this world. Aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you'll get neither. Malcolm Muggers, that great English writer, observed the only ultimate disaster that can befall us, I've come to realize, is to feel ourselves to be at home here on earth. So, as the queen is being laid rest, so many people are thinking of her funeral. I thought it would be interesting or helpful to think a bit on heaven. What do you think? What's your picture of heaven? When I imagine I, uh, heaven, I, I love the different descriptions the Bible gives us. The Bible describes heaven as a wedding supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Describes heaven as that place where there is no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. No more war, no more death, no more separation. The former things have passed away. The heaven, of course, is a place of great joy. C.S. Lewis described heaven as that, uh, 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 said joy is the serious business of heaven. I love Jesus' description in John 14, his promise when he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Jesus says that if we think about heaven, it'll help us not be troubled today. So when you feel troubled, think, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Is there more, a more powerful, appealing description of heaven than Jesus description there. He says, heaven is going to be home in my father's house. And then Jesus clarifies, heaven is a home made for us, made for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you, he says twice. Again, C.S. Lewis says, your place in heaven will seem like it was made just for you, you alone, because you were made for it. He makes the point that there is a continuity between earth and heaven. That in this place today in time, we are being made for our place in eternity. But as I think of heaven, I have to be honest. 
with my concern that I've created some personal distortions of what heaven will be. If I'm honest, when I think of heaven, I imagine heaven as a place of eternal self-centeredness. You know, a place made just for me. That means in heaven, I get to do whatever I want and, 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 uh, and, and enjoy whatever I want and play whatever I want and spend my time however I want. It's all going to be about me. Heaven is that place of eternal self-indulgence, I think I'm tempted to believe. Heaven is about my happiness. It's about my peace, my joy, my pleasures. But the Bible doesn't say heaven is all about us, does it? Read the passages about heaven again. In my father's house, Jesus said, the great thing about heaven is heaven is home. It's going to feel like you are at home, like you've never been at home before, at a home like you've always been made for. But the greatness of the home is not that it is my house, but the beauty of the house, the homeness of the home of heaven, it is, it is in my Father's house, Jesus says. Return to Revelation 4 and think about what heaven will be like. There John writes, immediately I was in the spirit and there was a throne in heaven and someone was seated on it. Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones, and on those thrones sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their head. And they talk about creatures that were worshiping, and day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, the one who was and who is and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, by the way, this picture of, of Revelation chapter four is a wonderful literary device where we see those who are closest and understand the most are first to worship. And then you pan back in the, in the, in the, in the picture, in the scene, and you see, oh, and the 24 elders, there are those who understand well as they know what to do. They cast, they have crowns. Oh, the crown's about the, those who are wearing the crowns. No, oh, they cast their crowns before the throne. Gradually, the scene is backing up to this crescendo so that everybody does what those heavenly creatures did first. They led us to say, verse 11, our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and by your will they existed and were created. The thing that might strike us most about this throne room of heaven in Revelation chapter 4 is that no attention is given to you or to me. There's not a moment in that scene that is about us. All the focus is on the creator, the one who was and is and who is to come. All glory is for him. All attention, all energy is directed toward worshiping his holiness, his greatness, because heaven is 100% Jesus. Heaven is a great place of joy because it is 100% 
about Jesus. Now let that settle in. What does it mean that heaven is 100% about Jesus and not about me and you? That it's 100% joy, but it's not about our desires. If heaven is 100% Jesus, then what does that say about how we ought to live today? If what C.S. Lewis said is true, and I believe it is, your place in heaven will seem like it was made for you alone because you were made for it. The question becomes, how are you and I being made for heaven today? How does that affect the way that we worship, our attitude toward worship, or Bible study, or prayer? Many times I've thought, Brett, you don't have enough time to pray. Are you going to really think that's true in heaven? In heaven, you're going to think, man, I sure didn't, sure, I'm glad I didn't pray more on earth. Are you, or am I going to think, man, why did I neglect the heavenly? Has our view of eternity being 100% Jesus affect our attitude toward obedience, faithfulness, even suffering? Now, the next time we get together, I want to contrast heaven and hell and its implications. But the Queen of England today is being buried. Causes us to think about heaven. How does today, how does our attitude toward heaven today prepare us for the realities of heaven tomorrow? Heavenly Father, draw us closer to you today. May we live in the shadow of eternity. May every priority and every value, may every interaction that we have with people reflect the truth of eternity, that you are God, that your glory matters, that walking with you and knowing you matters, that Focus on self is death, but focus on you is life. Through Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Uh, if you found this encouraging, I would encourage you to sh- maybe share it with somebody else and use it as an opportunity to start a spiritual conversation with someone you love. Till next time. <laughs>